When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What what people would have heard me say is that today has been a bonkers day. We've had 16 press conferences all in one day, which I'm pretty sure is a new record from my time at Scout. All sorts of things going on at the same time. Quotes flying here, there and everywhere. Uh, so now it's time to unpick all of it and work out what it means to our teams. Good stuff. And anyone listening to the podcast, they won't hear that because I'll just cut it out. But yeah, that was completely my fault. Um, I won't even bore you with what, how that happened, but there you go. It's fixed now. Uh, we move on. So we're going to talk about Harry Kane um, in just a second. Before we do that, we are partnered with Fantasy Five. If you've not checked this out already, completely free game, 10 grand up for grabs, and somebody won it. Uh, in the over the last game week as well so the scoring is basically exactly the same as fpl without the bonus points um so anyone watching this i'm sure are familiar with how fpl works so it's very easy to get to grabs with this all you have to do is pick five players one from uh, five different matches which you can see on screen and then you have to pick one player that will beat the points target so for example lacazette's on 6.5 points he has to get seven or more if you end up picking him, my advice would be to pick Man United players from that match, but um, I may be a little bit biased. So if you want to check that out, there's a link in the description below. You can sign up. Uh, and like I said, completely free, 10 grand up for grabs. Someone's just won it. Why not be you next? So yeah, click that link and, uh, and get signed up and give it a go. All right, let's start with Harry Kane. What's going on? Is he going to play? Is this another <laughs> Son situation? Oh man, yeah, it's, it's crazy this because uh, yeah, what's happened last night is that he's obviously come off um, with with some ankle problems, which I think everybody you know is aware because we're watching the game. Um, and uh, what happened at the end of the game was that uh, there were several different points in time when Mourinho had an opportunity to update us. Um, and annoyingly, the first one of those that he did was the broadcast section of BT. And um, I, I, Des Kelly didn't ask him about it. He just just kind of was like, "Oh, is he injured? Yeah." Just didn't ask him how long he was out for. So that's the first hurdle cleared, no update. Then we started to hear from um, sort of, sort of rumours on social media that he'd said in a radio broadcast that he could be, uh, could be out for a couple of weeks, a few weeks or something. So it, uh, it then turned out, just doing a bit more digging, finding some of these journalists on Twitter who are the radio broadcasters, they, they said that he's likely out for a few weeks or could be out for a few weeks. My understanding is he didn't say he definitely is out for a few weeks. Um, and so then what he then said to the written press after that was he didn't talk about timescale. He just said, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, you've got the quote on the screen there. Um, you know, for Harry to leave a game means it's, it's not a nothing injury. We don't know how long he'll be out. Uh, we'll have to see. And he also clarified that what happened is it wasn't just one ankle he hurt. It was both of them. I think he rolled one and took a knock on the other. Um, and then it means that if they both got an issue, then you know, it becomes quite difficult to give either of those the kind of rest that they need. So, yeah, the question on everyone's minds now is, is this another version of Son? Um, yeah, possibly, it might be. I mean, it was worth saying that I obviously we don't trust Mourinho anymore <laughs> after what happened with that. Um, we get a few people saying, well, he must have something. Otherwise, why else would he bring him off at halftime in such an important game? Son obviously only came off at halftime against Newcastle, although, of course, they end up drawing that game anyway. Um, but... Um, to me, to me, the fact that he has something doesn't mean that it's serious, if that makes sense. Like it could be enough for him to bring him off, but that doesn't mean that this 
this idea that he could be a few weeks away is necessarily accurate. Um, because I have, I have no doubts that there was something wrong with Son as well, but then he was back in the next game. If you were to ask me right here, right now, do I think Kane is going to start against Brighton? I would be erring on the side of no. But if you were to ask me if I think he's going to be out for several weeks, I would also say no. So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a tricky one. Um, it's annoying because had he, had he just outright been asked on the television, you know, is he going to be out for a couple of weeks? How long is he going to be out for? We might have had more opportunity to elaborate a little bit more on you know the the time scale on that so it's it's annoying because we haven't got as much information as we'd like and we won't hear from him again either because his post match on Thursday acted as his pre match for uh, Sunday um so i think he could be maybe out for maybe one game personally that's just my opinion um and then the because Ch- the Chelsea game is obviously a big one am i going to hold him probably not but anyone who does hold him and then he comes back, say he comes back for Chelsea and he gets something, then then fair play. I, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't be looking down on anyone who goes down that route. Yeah, I think and I think the way it happened was it was straight after the game. So how much of the doctors looked at him? Was any scans needed? Like like you said, we're not gonna hear from him before anyway. So Mourinho might not have even had the full info. And it's also yeah. worth noting. Well it was swollen, that's the thing. Sorry, just okay. to nip in. Uh, yeah, sorry. He did also say they're swollen and normally when something swells up, it's hard to scan it and it's hard yeah. to check what's wrong with it. And then you just never know when that swelling is going to come down because it's different for everyone, right? So again, if we're just talking about possible p- permutations, um, it could it could calm down. It may have already, it could have calmed down today. They've had a scan, it's fine. And then he's, do you see what I mean? So there's, as you say, the proximity to that game is an issue because they can't scan it properly until the swelling resides. It is worth noting as well, which he may have made it worse. After both times he rolled it, he carried on playing. It wasn't that it just happened just before half time. He he did carry on running on it afterwards, so maybe he made it worse. But I guess we'll find out after uh, after the deadline before um, the next game. I'm, I'm with you. I think it seems unlikely he plays this game, but um, we'll have to wait and see. I guess any other major news from Spurs and who do you think is going to come in? You got any ideas who might replace? Because I mean, they've got lots of options the way they can play it. They could put someone in his place. They could put someone in Son's place and move Son central. Which way do you think they're going to go? Yeah. So. Um, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, Son with and without Kane. Um, my sort of thoughts on that is they have lost. So the last time that Kane didn't play, I think, was it February 2020 uh, in the lead up to lockdown? Uh, back in back in a time when Kane wasn't really the creative outlet that he is now. Um, I mean, it's hard to really say who was the, the the main creator in the team at that point because it was already post Ericsson. But either way, Kane has absolutely made himself so important to this team in terms of assist potential. He's 12 big chances created this year. He's got more assists than De Bruyne, the only player in the team who has created more chances than him um, numerically. So not taking into account the quality of the chances is Son. Um, so then losing that, in my mind, makes Son less of a decent option um, because the... Even even if some even if someone else was to step into the role of the creator that Kane has been doing, it's hard to say they would immediately do it as well as Kane has done it. Um, where Son's going to play? Yeah, I mean, I suppose if he played up front, then I think I think that's a possibility because we've seen it before. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion that this could be an opportunity if Kane is out for a few weeks for um, Carlos Vinicius to come in and have a few games. Um, I don't want to. He's who I've predicted to start this game, but I do just want to caveat with the fact that he hasn't actually started a league game this year. He's only really been used in the competitions around the Premier League, like the Europa League and the FA Cup. Um, we know he likes to smash it hard when he's two yards out against non-league teams, 
Um, but, you know, Mourinho might want to see more than that before he starts in a Premier League game. I would say there's enough uncertainty for me to not really say completely who yeah, I yeah. think is going to play where, um, which is just another reason why, it, for me, it doesn't, it doesn't like automatically make Son a better option because I couldn't tell you where he's going to play. And even if Son maintains his position, how do we know his link up with Vinicius is as good as it is with Kane? It's unlikely to be the same. So, yeah, certainly a lot of uncertainty, both in terms of Kane's um, return date, but also how Spurs line up without him. Yeah, because uh, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, we've got a couple of yeah, Brighton's okay. Chelsea's not quite so good a game, I would say. And then West Brom. So as long as we got all this info before the West Brom game, I think that's what a lot of uh, people will be waiting for. All right, so it's a long time on Spurs. It's a bit easier for Man City. Out, uh, Usually Man City is the one we're not too sure about. I guess there is still some um, questions to be asked about exactly who will start. But I think you nailed it last week. Didn't you get 11 out of 11? Am I right? Yeah, I should have tweeted it, shouldn't I? I got the whole, I got the whole 11 correct, which is amazing, really, because... Uh, I mean, I will just say that it was probably easier than usual because we had so many kind of injuries that it was only really a few 50-50 calls here and there. But I, I nearly went I nearly went Cancelo on the left and Walker on the right. And then just at the last, uh, on sort of like Friday afternoon, was it, was it Tuesday? Or Tuesday afternoon. I'd yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Zinchenko, I'll, I'll stick I... him in. I'll stick him in. And yeah, it was 11 for 11. So I'm quite proud of that. I, I really thought that Jesus might start, but obviously, uh, obviously not. Bernardo Silva, Gundogan did the job, and Pep has been nice to us. He's confirmed apparently that Gundogan's going to uh, play. He got specifically asked um, whether there was plans to rest him, and he said no, definitely not. Gundo is going to play tomorrow. So if you were worried about that, it looks good. And obviously, we know that him, Foden, and uh, Bernardo Silva all came off really early anyway because the game was pretty much won so do you think we're going to see many changes to this side versus the last one I guess defence potentially some issues right or some changes sorry yeah so I mean I kind of think that who who asked this question I mean like surely we knew already that Gundogan was going to play because as you said he came off early I sort of I sort of half wonder which if the journalist who asked this is, is thinking about Captain and Gundogan this week and was just you know taking liberties with the you know the privileges of the well just, I, just did see, <laughs> I did see I did see a tweet from a certain Mark um, who said I know specifically there's a journalist uh, who goes to Pep's press conferences who is an avid FPL player or something along those lines so wow. might there have been yeah um, but yeah <laughs> go on what what other changes thing that's going to come. Yeah, so I mean, initially I was a little bit worried about Sterling possibly, um, just because normally Pep usually goes for these easy games against lesser opposition at home to bench him. So he was benched game week 10 against Burnley at home. He was benched game week 18 against Brighton at home. But looking back over some of the games that they've played recently, City, um, you know, he came off uh, about 72 minutes against Palace. Um, and then, sorry, against Villa, I should say, um, and then didn't play in the cup. So I, I kind of I find it hard to believe that Sterling would come out of this game based on him not being ready or wanting to rest him, especially when he's kind of short on options uh, in the attack and he's you know uh, done well in the last game. So I'm I'm quite confident that he, now that he's going to play. But I still just want to also say that it is Sheffield United at home, and it's uh, it was always a bit ominous whenever Man City play a home game against a poor team sometimes that's when it's almost sort of like a double-edged sword of it's it's so it's nice and easy so you captain him or you sign him or you take a hit to get him but at the same time Pep looks at it and goes well it's so easy I don't need him you know with the games I've got coming up um there are harder ones like away at Burnley arguably is harder um you know then they're away at Liverpool so you never know you never know with Pep but generally speaking I think outside of that it's hard to really see how he can change his midfield three we've already been told that Gundogan's going to play Foden seems like a natural uh, 
uh, alternative to De Bruyne. Um, not like for like, but in terms of who can play central midfield on the other side of Rodri, just makes sense to go with those three, especially as he's been rested as well. Um, so then the most at-risk positions, I think, are the flanks of the front three, because I think Bernardo Silva will keep his place. Um, so then it's either Mahrez, Torres or Sterling, but personally, I think it'll be Sterling and Mahrez. And then the full-back positions. But again, with Cancelo, he's only he's the only one that we're really that bothered by, right? So in terms of worry about him, I, I don't have any, because he's already had his rest. Um, before, if, if you look at like how often Cancelo has has played and or been rested, um, you know since game week five, you know he didn't play against Burnley. So <laughs> hey, maybe it's another one of those ones where he gets rested for an easy home game. But you know it's only two games that he's not started in the last basically sixteen game weeks. So and he's had a rest in the cup. So I'm not worried about him. I mean, I don't want to say I'm I'm expecting there to start being changed at centre back, but when we consider that Laporte is back and has been involved, um, you know, I'm, I would be more concerned about Stones and Diaz now than I was like three weeks ago. But at the same time, Stones and Diaz have done very well together. So, um, you know, I would, certainly wouldn't be selling them yet, but I would just be keeping an eye out and maybe wondering if Laporte comes in at some point because, of course, left-footed centre-back, which is something that yeah, he, yeah. He, he kind of offers. I, I just feel, I sometimes feel like Diaz and Stones just have to... Uh, um, use so little energy in in a lot of the games like against West Brom. Like how much energy have they really had to use? So, and I think breaking up that partnership could be. I don't, I don't know. It's not like Laporte's a bad player, so we'll have to wait and yeah. see. But I think it depends I think, how it depends what Guardiola wants to do with that defense, isn't it? Because in a way, if he's not expecting much from the opposition, and we we've seen him before pick his centre backs based on their ability and possession, right? So. And, and so he he sees that player a centre back as someone who can still directly feed yeah, into yeah. how they score goals. So um, yeah, I see, I see what you mean. But I think there's there's a few other factors that Guardiola might consider. Like I said, I'm not saying Laporte is going to come in this week. No, but I, I think we should mean. be bracing ourselves for it to maybe happen at some point. Yeah, I think it'd be crazy to think they're just never going to play again in the league. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go talking about centre backs. Let's go straight to Liverpool. Um, so Fabinho missed the match. Uh, last night uh he's also going to miss the weekend but Matip also went off at half time uh that guy just cannot stay fit whatsoever uh how long is he out for is he going to miss this weekend too the Matip one is so confusing I and mean, if we're talking about confusion uh with Kane last night I'm even more confused about Matip because he comes he comes off at half time uh Klopp said at full time uh it's uh it's serious you know, quite, quite sort of like worried about it. You know, like it's pretty serious. Uh, oh, oh, it turns out it's it's ankle ligament damage. Uh, whoa. Okay. I mean, like you know, normally when that email comes from a football manager, you're like, oh, come on. Like you know, that's that's a straight off like season write off in one go. Um, and then this morning he said, well, we haven't had a scan yet, uh, and there's glimpses of hope. That it's not that serious. So I mean, come on, make your mind up, Jurgen. What on earth's going on with Matter? But I have no idea. So. Um, I would suggest he's probably not going to play. Like if, if whatever was wrong with him last night was bad enough for him to think he's got ligament damage, then I'd be surprised if he starts this particular game. Um, Fabinho has been ruled out of this one uh, with a muscle. It was, it was a minor muscle injury that kept him out of the Spurs game, but obviously it's not exactly that much later that they've then got to play the next one. So he's ruled him out of that. So yeah, the Liverpool defence, I mean, my prediction is actually Henderson at centre-back again. He's talked about, he was asked about it today. And, you know, seem to be talking up what he can do there. He obviously misses out in other areas, of course, but, you know, they've got needs must at this point. Um, 
So my prediction is, is Henderson to start centre-back with Nathaniel Phillips, who came on format at half-time, got booked early on, but then seemed to kind of ride out the game quite um, quite astutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, obviously, it's, it's they're playing West Ham. So, you know, the main reason I think people are more bothered about this probably is about Antonio Suchek. Um, it's worth saying that they're far from full strength at the back. Um, you know, I'd fancy Phillips and um, Williams and some of the other the younger centre-backs that Liverpool got, I wouldn't have said are the fastest in the world. So I quite like the idea of Antonio in a foot race against Phillips and, and possibly Henderson as well. I mean, Henderson's not slow, but he's not fast either. So, and, he, and I wouldn't say he's, you know, got the upper body strength and height that you get from, uh, from Antonio Southtrack as well. So um, I'd be quietly confident you can get something out of those West Ham yeah. players this week. I think with Henderson, like I think he's done fine. I think he's actually been quite good. But the problem was he's been next to Matip or Fabinho. Now he almost has to be the senior centre back, which is just absolutely ridiculous when you say it out loud because uh, he's been a midfielder this, like his whole career. So yeah, it'd be interesting to um, to see what happens. Antonio's going to have a field day, I reckon, uh, or, or at least a better day than he usually would against Liverpool. They're still obviously an extremely good side. Uh, no other major injury worries there, I don't think. Right? No, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, everybody seems fit. Apart from those two, um, uh, yeah, in terms of the key assets, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go on to Chelsea. Um, <laughs> any idea how they're going to line up next week? Because obviously they, they played the <laughs> first game was three at the back. Um, Hudson Odoi played wing back, so Reese James missed out. He has, I guess, just not long been back from injury, um, so potentially that was the reason why. You got any indications to who might come in this time, or do you think we're just going to have to wait a few weeks to see um, see what he does? Yeah, I think we have to wait. I think um, he even said himself in his press conference on Thursday that we shouldn't read too much into the team that he picked. Uh, I've got to be honest. I mean, most press conferences, are usually, I find them not boring. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. But they, they, they follow a set formula. Like managers will say X, Y, Z. And it's like you, you've all heard it from the cliche. But, but, but Tuchel's press conference was really, really uh, fascinating. Some of the stuff that he was saying. He, he was able to go in a little bit more detail about what he thinks about some of the players at Chelsea than perhaps he was when he was kind of... He was unveiled on... Tuesday, just a few hours before I think they played, or late on Monday, you know, didn't really have much time to kind of get his teeth into what was going to go along. So, in terms of the selection for the game, he said on Thursday the, the players he picked against Wolves, it wasn't based on, uh, you know, his favorite formation or, you know, who he thinks is the best players. He, where possible, picked the most experienced players. So, players who have in the past maybe gone through several managers because he was just a bit worried about how some of the younger players might respond to the sort of the change of manager, especially bearing in mind that a lot of those younger players owe so much to Frank Lampard. And, you know, if they're at the stage, I mean, I think he was talking about players like Mount, possibly Zuma as well. Um, I'm trying to go, I think, um, yeah, Abraham didn't start either. You know, some of these younger players that um, owe a lot to the previous manager, maybe haven't experienced what it's like to have your manager sacked halfway through the season and it kind of all this controversy and, and all the changing things behind the scenes. That's why some of those players didn't play. So that's why Aspelacueta played, Giroud played, Jorginho played. Um, these are some of the players that he mentioned. So it means at this point, we just don't know what his preferred formation is because the three at the back was to facilitate having Rudiger, who he felt could play. Thiago Silva, obviously an incredibly experienced player. Uh, Aspelacueta, exactly the same. I think Aspelacueta's probably had more Chelsea managers. He's probably gone through more managers than, than most in the modern uh, era of the foot, of the way football is in the Premier League. So he wanted to play those players. Back three suited that. So who knows what he plays this time? We know he favours a 4-2-2-2. 
like uh, they do at Southampton with Hasenhutl. So maybe that comes soon. Um, in terms of who he praised, he, he was big on Mount. He, he said he loves what Mount represents for the club and what he gives to the club. Um, he was big on Kante, obviously the quote we've got on the screen right now. Um, he's, he's back fit. He talked about how he quite likes how Kante plays as what he calls a double six, which is, um, is a, a defensive midfield player with slightly more freedom than a single six. Um, so I think we can see Kante a bit more box to box again. Um, and But apart from that, we didn't get too much indication. It's really annoying. Someone asked him a question about Rudiger and Werner, but they did it in German and he answered in German. And unfortunately, uh, I only speak French. So I was a bit lost on that one. No, yeah, I imagine if he likes four two two two, that's quite good for Werner, I would say. I think, I think I, I don't know if it was in a press conference or somewhere else where he got asked, but he mentioned the Werner um, needs to be kind of off the wing but not necessarily a central striker I think it was like kind of in between which is where he did a lot of damage for for Leipzig so he obviously understands that I'd, I'd like to see him in the team and doing well so I feel like he's been a bit unlucky this year uh, with the way everything's happened but we might as well move on because we don't know how they're going to line up and we'll, we'll we'll probably talk about it again next game week um we might get a few more a few more indicators so we'll wait and see but otherwise just can't take back and everyone else is pretty much fit right yeah that's it yeah can't say was the only one they were waiting on and he's fine now Good stuff. Let's go to Man United. So let's not talk about the game. Absolute nightmare. Two and Zebi um, was not. I mean, Two and Zebi played really well against PSG and then pretty awful against Sheffield United. So I'm not really sure what um, happened there. But Bailly is back now, I think. Did he say he was fully fit or is it just that he's traveling with the squad? Yeah, so he said that he's traveling. Um, but I kind of suspect that means he's fit. I, I don't really know why he'd tell us that he's on the bus, basically, if he wasn't going to use him in the matchday squad. Um, if he's going to start, I'm not sure. I mean, that's a big problem for Man United this year, isn't it? Is the constant uh, recycling of who's playing next to Maguire. They need to pick one and stick with it. But of course, you know, they aren't helped by the fact that Lindelof's had this back problem. By had a neck problem before uh, and, and a knock this time. So, yeah. Um, I think he'll probably be involved but who's going to start a centre-back I, I, I don't know because for all we know Lindelof is back again that seems to be what happens on these videos we, every week we talk about one of them don't we Andy and then the next week the other one's out and then it's back and forth back and forth so yeah, and again, you were right last week, Rashford to start, Martial uh, up front as well. So that uh, is exactly what happened. Cavani, I guess, I guess Cavani just probably can't start week in, week out, not with this many games in quick succession. That's probably one thing as well as obviously wanted to keep Martial playing and Rashford, who both were awful. Um, I, I mean, I guess in Luke Shaw's going to come in at left back. There's no way he's going to miss out again. Uh, I think we missed him down that left. Who do you think? I mean, Cavani as well, I think he's going to get a start. Same yeah, I, I think he has to, yeah. I, I think the way Martial has played recently, it's a shame. I mean, in Project Restart, he was on fire, wasn't he? And just really hasn't found any form this year. And he, and, it, and it hasn't, in a way, it's, it's ironic in a way, because sometimes when you sign someone like Cavani, that the theory is that maybe he'll make your existing forwards uh, better and push them onto new levels. If anything else, he's kind of almost embarrassed Martial into a situation where it's kind of obvious that Cavani just brings so much more to the team right now than Martial does so you know even if it wasn't for the for the rest I would be starting Cavani for this next game anyway yeah definitely I think we need him against us even like the tracking back he does it's, it's very impressive I think uh yeah he's I mean not that's that, my favorite why, thing about him to be why, honest why wouldn't we be impressed like, it's not like he's just this unknown striker that's come to the league but even then he still impressed me more than 
Um, I probably thought he would when he first came. So, yeah, hopefully you see him in. And Luke Shaw, definitely. If you happen to be holding Luke Shaw, I'm sure he's going to be, no pun intended, back in the side. Um, let's move on to Villa. I think this is a quick one. I don't think they've got any um, new injury news or anything, right? They've pretty much got everyone. Yeah, everything's fine. And um, it's Villa, right? So they're not going to rotate. I uh, can't see how anything changes for this game. So whatever they play for the last one, um, I'm expecting them to play it for the next one. Yeah, Agassi fully out of, I wouldn't say out of favour, but obviously Barkley is ahead. We mentioned that last week and he started yeah. again. So that is uh, obviously the first 11 now. What about um, Arsenal? So Tierney missed out again last week, although Saka didn't play left back, which I was extremely happy about because he got 13 points, uh, which is brilliant. Um, but we still don't know whether Tierney's going to be back. Is that right? Yeah, so the, the latest on Tierney is that he's being assessed still. Um, yeah, they're a little bit short on that left-hand side because Aubameyang's in the same situation uh, in terms of he's a doubt for him it's still the personal reasons which apparently is is better you know whatever this is this thing that Aubameyang's having to to go and deal with which uh, you know thoughts with him I hope everything in his family is all right um we're not told any details um Arteta just doesn't know when he's coming back um he does also does he couldn't even tell us if he's going to face any quarantining issues if he's so we don't I don't know if he's traveled if, if he has, then maybe he faces a quarantine. So uh, between Tierney being assessed for this calf injury, which I think we talked about last time, didn't we, that he's already had this issue. So my my instinct was that he wasn't going to play that game. Um, maybe that helps him play the next one. But, you know, he's being assessed. So at the end of the day, I, I don't know. It's down to the doctors at Arsenal. But it's a bit of an issue on that left-hand side because it's those two players. Um, in terms of would Saka come back in? Yeah, like like what happened the other night. No, it was Cedric who played on the left with Bellerin on the right. I can't see Maitland-Niles coming into trouble either of those two because Arteta's been talking about him needing to kind of prove himself, which to me sounds like, you know, he's not going to be starting straight away. And there's, there's a lot of rumours. I think he might be going to West Brom. So, yeah, lots of loan rumours um, for him. So, yeah. And Cedric, I thought, was quite capable. At left back, you know, wasn't awful. And obviously they won the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Cedric and uh, Bellerin used again. In terms of who fills in for Aubameyang on the left, it was Pepe who uh, also had a decent game. So that's my prediction, Cedric and Pepe on the left-hand side for Arsenal. Yeah, I thought Cedric did fine as well. And I thought I, he was playing on the right, I think, against Newcastle. But I was also quite impressed with him there. I'd kind of forgotten he even played for Arsenal. Um, but yeah, he's come in, and, <laughs> come in and done all right, to be honest. Um, let's go to Leicester. So they've got a couple of key players missing, not just Jamie Vardy. But I think Ndidi's been ruled out as well. Is that correct? Yeah, indeed, he's out for seven to ten days. Um, I don't think that leaves him quite as short as it did before. I mean, there was a time, you remember last season when Vardy was in incredible form and it started to dip off just as they lost Ndidi because um, he's, you know, very much what I always like to call a quarterback for that team in that he wins the ball, distributes it nicely, keeps them ticking over and is very much a key part of what they do. Him being out for that length of time is is a bit annoying. You know, like I own Harvey Barnes, so I sort of feel like they're not going to be as uh, dangerous as they could have been. Um, Vardy um, is is getting closer. You know, he seems to be on timeline for what Rodgers was saying. We're just, we're just fortunate as fantasy managers, those of us who sold him. Many of us replaced him with Harry Kane, of course, but um, <laughs> uh, with, uh, with Vardy, that um, even though it is only looking like it could be a two-week spell that he's out, that is a lot of game weeks. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Vardy for at least another two or three of those. Yeah, I was just having a look there about the game week. So, what is it, 10 days from now? That's that's like three or potentially even four game weeks. So, yeah, if you were holding on in the hope that he'd be back this week, it's probably uh, time to get rid of it. Otherwise, I think that's about it, isn't it? Vardy and Ndidi, nothing else major there? 
Oh, there is there is one thing that I'm a bit confused on is that Johnny Evans he was taken off uh, because he had blurred vision in one eye, um, which I mean that that scare me more than I think pulling a muscle to be perfectly honest if that was happening to me. Um, and um, but he said today, Rogers, that he's fine. It's been an issue that he has been dealing with, kind of ongoing, but he's been fine. But I don't know. That's a strange one to me. Like it just sort of makes me a bit. Ugh, I don't know. Me and eyes. I, don't, I just don't like thinking about eyes. To be honest. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I get. I guess not many people are in Evans, but it's probably worth just noting for um, the load of people that do own James Justin as well. If Evans yeah. misses out, well, to out. be honest, indeed he plays into that too. To be honest, yeah. Um, so yeah, as you say, I mean they're playing Leeds, and uh, Leeds really need to get something out of this. So. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know. I don't want to come out and say bench James Justin, but this wouldn't be the worst week if you felt like you had to um, because of those factors. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we'll, we'll talk about Leeds now, actually. I think Leeds have kind of not fallen off a cliff, but they haven't done well in the last couple of games. But um, yeah, playing Leicester, hope to get something out of this. Any, they've got another centre back is done. Lorente now, isn't it? Out for three or four weeks. Uh, they just can't get any luck in that position. Have they got any <laughs> other injury worries? No, no, it just seems to be uh, Urente. Um, yeah, anyone else? He, he, he always says his players have a few knocks and bruises because I think they, you know, they just play such an intense game, but that doesn't stop him playing his players. Um, so, yeah, it really is just, is, is just Urente. But, I mean, to be perfectly honest... Um, I don't, I, it doesn't worry me as much as if it had been um, maybe Cooper or Phillips, something like that, um, because they've actually played without Lorente for quite a while anyway. And the back four that we've sort of come used to of Alioski on one side, uh, Ailing on the uh, sorry, Alioski on one side, Dallas on the other, um, and then Cooper and um, and Ailing in the middle has been used quite a lot. And we used it when they were even in good form. And as long as they've got Phillips, I feel like they're quite capable. Um, it probably means that that's the end of um, uh, the end of uh, Dallas playing in midfield necessarily so often because I think that was the exciting thing, wasn't it, with Urente coming back was that uh, he was able to push slightly forward. Probably just means an end to that, but he's still effective as a fullback. So I, I, the the injury news that that Leeds have lost another centre back is maybe looks worse uh, on paper. It probably looks worse in the sort of headlines than it is when you think when you think it through, really. Yeah, absolutely. I think in uh, in attack they're pretty much sorted, right? So it's basically been similar issue they've been dealing with all all year. All year. So do, what what do you make of the reason they're um, uh, kind of gone down a bit, like in terms of chances created, shots in the box, stuff like that? Anything you've noticed? Just quickly, while we're on it, because there's a lot of people like looking to sell Bamford, for example. Do you think that's a bit too early to be thinking that? Well, yeah, it's, it's strange with Bamford because earlier in the season he was doing much better for getting his shots on target. It's worth saying that shots off target is something he um, has been good at before, if you can be good at such a thing. You know, he missed so many big chances um, in the championship. He's missed, he's actually missed a lot this season anyway, even when he was scoring goals. So I think there's possibly a slight reversion to the mean, I suppose, with, with him. Um, I'm going to hold him this week. Um, the injury news about Leicester just kind of makes me think, well, I've got to get rid of Kane, so I'll give Bamford one more go. Um, you know, they've um they have had one or two games when they've not had Phillips. I think that has an impact on them. Um, you know, I'm I'm no expert on on Leeds, but the general gist that people always say about them is that their game is so intense that there are always going to be patches in a season when they just they they're just not running at hundred percent because the style that Bielsa plays takes so much out of them. 
and it's why we've seen them maybe slip up a couple of times in his time at the club. You know, they, in the first season he was there, they nearly went up and then they, they kind of, um, you know, tailed off at the end of the season. Um, so, so it's a team that is always prone to periods like this, I suppose, uh, based on the precedent of what we've seen before. Um, I think they'll find some way of sorting it out uh, based yeah. on what we've seen from them before. I think they'll be fine long-term in the season. Yeah, pretty much the same. I'm not getting rid of Bamford just yet. It feels a bit too early to be just completely jumping off someone who was so good. I don't think he's done a huge amount wrong. Uh, okay, let's try and fly through some of the other ones. So don't... Well, I'll go through some of them. Let's, I always say there's like no major thing and then I forget this player that we've I completely missed out. So let's start with Everton. I'll let you tell me if there's a major player missing out there. No, uh, you've, you've conveniently picked a club that has basically got no injury updates other than the usual. So Delph uh, and Alan are still out, possibly back in training next week. Um, but in terms of the, the key key guys, everyone's fine. Good stuff. Uh, what about Southampton? Obviously, they, uh, we were talking about missing players last year. I think they're getting quite a few back now, aren't they? Uh, so they're getting Romeo back and they're getting uh, Redmond already came back but wasn't ready to start but I think he probably will be closer to that now uh, and Gineppo's back so they've got a bit more strength and depth in wide areas and uh, Romeo coming back creates a little bit of a he- selection headache for Hasenhutl in terms of what he does with Diallo um, but he, he sort of had said in his press conference I'll let you know if they can start basically well, which means like you're going to have to wait to the team sheet because I'm not sure yet that suggests to me that they aren't going to start, but at the very least, they're back in the squad. Um, Bertrand is back. So we obviously mentioned on Tuesday that their fullback issue was only, it's only as bad in terms of, um, you know, who they could field for one game because Bertrand is back from the suspension. Walker Peters, though, it does look like it could be longer term. He said that he needs a little bit more time, but I don't know how much. So for me, I'm kind of expecting Valerie to get another go. Um, Bertrand back in is obviously fine, but they are a little bit, excuse me, they are a little bit worried about their fullback situation because Vokins obviously played the other night, but there's already talks of him getting loaned out. So, yeah, that's the that's the present situation in terms of the people. The, not everyone's coming back because I'm pretty sure that um, they're still missing uh, Bestergaard. You know, he's still going to be out till early to mid February. Small bones out for the rest of the season. Um, they won't get those guys back, but they're slowly getting some of their midfielders back. Yeah, I think with the fullback, actually, we mentioned West Brom as a loan option for Maitland Lars. I think Southampton are actually asked or have inquired about him as well. So apparently that's the rumour anyway. So we'll see what happens there. I did see something about how they didn't, Arsenal didn't see Southampton as a rival, even though Southampton are right next to them in the league. So uh, that was quite funny. But um, yeah, apparently Maitland Lars potentially low move there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go to Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> If this was any other club, I wouldn't see Steve Bruce in a job for much longer, given some of the stuff he's coming out with recently. I think I saw a quote earlier about him saying he had lots of letters of which saying he was doing a good job or something, which just tells me that he's not doing a good job. Uh, but on the injury front, was there anything interesting from the press conference? I don't know. I mean, every now and then I get a letter from from my dad telling me uh, yeah, exactly. I'm doing well. So, you know, you never know. He might just have a big family. You know you're um, in a bad position when you're having to pretend that you're getting loads of letters of uh, <laughs> good wishes, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... it's. I, I do feel... I don't know. I'm sure Newcastle fans will sort me for this. I do sort of feel a bit sorry for him, really, um, because it just sort of seems like there's no way out and you sort of wonder if maybe what they do need to do is make a change. And some, sometimes that makes me feel a little bit more sorry for the manager if he because he's not going to resign. I mean, he's not the type of character that would. And you sort of wonder that maybe the manager, the, the, the you know, those the powers that be at the club should sort of bail him out a little bit. Um, because you know, it's getting to the point where you know, 
there's a, there's a lot of abuse all the time. I'm surprised he didn't say he had a load of letters in the post saying he wasn't doing a good job, to be honest. So, yeah, it, I mean, the thing is, a lot of it does actually all hinge on the injury news, uh, ironically enough, obviously what we're talking about for this video, is that uh, Sir Maximan has not been able to be involved as much as possible this year. And, and it's hard to really disagree with Bruce when he says that when they've got uh, Fraser and Sir Maximan, you know, playing and, and offering width uh, both sides of the, the pitch... They, they do they do stretch defences more than when they don't have those players. It looks like some Maximan is slowly working his way back to full fitness. He's had to he's been suffering from the long effects of um, after effects of, of COVID, and um, I, th- I think he will start this week. The sooner the Bruce can start him, he will. Um, I'd imagine that Fraser will play too because he's just made such a massive deal about those two players. The pressure, of course, now comes in that he's kind of basically been trying to tell everyone, oh, don't worry, I know the results are terrible, but when these two guys are back, we'll be fine. So there's a lot of pressure on the results to actually come now that they are back. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I agree. Though. I think they. I think when Sam Maxman came on in the last game, they, he did look um, pretty good. And we know what he can do. He just offers something a bit different, doesn't he? Like he's he can just make something happen out of nothing. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they, they do against Everton, to be honest, because everyone's back in, in the FPL community, at least, everyone's massively back in Everton. Maybe Newcastle will spoil that a little bit. Um, but given recent performances, I'm not sure I'd bet too much money on that. Uh, let's go to another United, she- Sheffield United, who I can, uh, spoiler alert, Chris Wilder didn't want to really give us any info. He didn't he literally say, I'm not going to be an open book and tell you how long players are out for? Is that what he yep, said? That's exactly what he said. I mean, I suppose, you know, it's annoying when he does that, but I suppose maybe we can't disrespect him for at least being brutally honest about it. You know, he said, I'll, I'll keep all my cards close to my chest. And I believe I saw some images of him actually pretending to do that, like like this in the press conference. So he's going the whole hog um, in terms of uh, his approach. You know, he's, he's unrelenting, unequivocal, but I mean, that's what Chris Wilder is like. It's Ender Stevens who is the one who is who's out. But I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm starting to get people sort of, always comment in the in the comment section now or just on Twitter like this is the part of the the video where we just have a massive dig at Chris Wilder and Sheffield United and here it comes again because really who cares <laughs> who really is sweating on the we, fitness we might be soon you know I think like defensively well, was getting a bit better just a good result against Man United I think it'd be a while off before I look towards them but um yeah who knows maybe the comeback is on now for for Sheffield United but in terms of team news didn't really help us too much. Um, no. let's... You might as well just not do a press conference, in my opinion, but hey, that's just my opinion. Pretty much. Um, okay, last few teams then. Uh, Crystal Palace, anything new there? Uh, no. Uh, he, he's been gushing about this new guy, um, Jean-Philippe Mateta. Um, he's not letting us know when he's going to start, but I think it'll be soon because he's a big fan. Uh, it's Hodgson. Um, Visa's all fine, trained okay. So it's simply a case of whether or not he can kind of get into the rhythm of the team. We shouldn't take too long. And Tompkins is seeing a specialist. He, so there's no change on the injury there. Okay, good stuff. What about um, West Brom? Any, any sort of uh, note there? Yeah, so uh, Dean Garner's back in training. Snodgrass had a knock against Man City, which he thinks he's better from. Um uh, ironically enough, I actually I don't know I, I I feel like with the form that Pereira has has been shown recently, um, some of these these guys coming into the West Brom team might actually be something we might want to think about um, in terms of fantasy relevance. So I think that's good that they've got um, Snodgrass and Dean Garner available because um, Pereira is now playing in the middle. So them having some width with him being the number ten and getting a fair number of points for it recently, um, West Brom's attack 
in West Brom's attack, I think I'd be more confident in than their defence right now. Fair enough. Well, that that sounds like well, I think if they're ever going to get a clean sheet, it's this week. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I'm not sure I'd want to go near uh, a West Brom defence. Playing Fulham though, Johnston owners might be in luck this week. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. What about Burnley? So last week they had most of their players back. As we talked about, they played um, Rodriguez and Wood because uh, Barnes was out. Is he anywhere near getting back? Yeah, so with Burnley, um, he's got to make decisions on Barnes, uh, Taylor and Brownhill. Uh, everyone else seems to be fine. They're all um, what he describes as touch and go. They've been training on on the grass. He doesn't. He, he, he's a manager who loves talking about what surface they've trained on. A lot of managers will say with the group or on their own or whatever, but with Deitch, it's you know indoors or on the grass. And I think on the grass is uh, is better. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, because that's what they play on. So they are in a position where they could play, but he is very cautious. He always has been a cautious manager. I found whenever there's a yellow flag on some of his players, that's when he doesn't use them where maybe another manager might put them on the bench and, or, or whatever. I um, mean, just in terms of what he considers to be a doubt or, or, you know, nearly ready. So I wouldn't be too surprised if we saw Rodriguez start uh, up front again uh, for Burnley alongside Wood. Next to Superman, Chris Wood. Let's hope he scores again. <laughs> uh, okay. West Ham, uh, oh, I've clicked on that. There's nothing there. But yeah, West Ham, um, anything from them? As far as we can see, no injury update from them. So no news is good news, I'd say. Cool. Uh, Brighton, Lamptey still out two to three weeks is what I saw. Um, any any news on Welbeck? No. So what, all we've got at the moment is just uh, what Brighton have tweeted. It's quite hard to track down the exact quotes. Um, but, you know, if, if, if they're ruling out Lamptey for two or three weeks, I'd be surprised if he, uh, yeah. He's got he's got a lot to live up to because of course Cancelo was dubbed as the new Lamptey and then he's graduated yeah, yeah. from Lamptey School so Lamptey's got to come back and uh, do the same but it won't be it won't be soon I wouldn't say Cancelo did it in style as well but interesting if you can do that again uh, last two teams first one Fulham uh, nothing there nothing there at all and Wolves with Wolves it's eight Nori who uh, came off he's having an MRI and um, Nuno doesn't seem that positive about it. Um, so left back possibly a bit of an issue for them because Marcel's out as well. Um, he's he has done he's done a Chris Wilder uh, or an Eddie Howe for those of us who are old enough to remember him being a Premier League manager because um, he said the same thing. It was like oh I'm not going to tell you I, I you know I've got I've got there are other injuries I just won't tell you about. So that's a bit ominous. I don't know who they'll be and we'll find out uh, when uh, when they take to the field at the weekend. Fair enough. Well, that is literally uh, every single team then uh, we've heard. Obviously, the major news was Kane, which we talked about um, at the start. You've got a little bit of time to make your decisions versus last uh, team news, where it was like less than two hours. Obviously, the deadline is tomorrow uh, at 11 a.m., I think it is, yeah. So uh, any other news that comes out, we'll have it on Twitter, FF Scout, the link in the description below, and there'll be a team news article um, later on today at 5 o'clock. Uh, well, it might be in the next five ten minutes. To be honest, okay. uh, from what I can see, it's uh, about to go. I was I was uh, shamelessly cropping the Harry Kane picture um, earlier on in the video. I'm sure, hopefully, nobody noticed that. Um, one thing just to say, we're being a Friday is and the Saturday deadline is. Oh, yeah. The good news is the embargoed section of the press conferences takes place before the deadline. Um, on Tuesday, it would have taken place afterwards because it's always half past ten for the written press gives uh, the opportunity for the the newspapers not to get one over each other in terms of what they take out of that section of the press conference. Um, 
uh, yeah, so no one's scooping anybody else or whatever. Um, we've already seen the broadcast, and most of the team new stuff is normally in what you've already seen. But every now and then, we just some something slips out about a player. Um, sometimes the return date, so you know, it won't happen with Mourinho because uh, he didn't do a press conference today. But anyone else who was, you know, maybe wasn't so specific about a player uh, in the broadcast section might have been more specific in the in the written section. So just have a look on on social media and uh, on Fantasy Football Scout uh, about half past ten to see if anything's popped up because we'll we'll try and pick it up. Yeah, I usually look out for um, Pep Guardiola's quotes in particular around half 10 on a Friday night. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, Outside of that, we will have a Breakfast Club um, stream tomorrow morning at half nine. Um, I'll keep you in suspense about who the guest is because I'm in suspense too as it stands. Um, So we'll figure that out and then I'll I'll put a tweet out on that for that. And then there'll be a match day um, stream tomorrow as well at three o'clock. There's actually three games on at the same time, which doesn't happen that often. Um, these days and one of them is Man City versus Sheffield United so that would be a good stream with Gianni um, so make sure you tune in for that as well and just lastly before we go uh, Fantasy 5 if you haven't already checked it out link in the description below completely free game you just have to make 5 picks with a chance of winning 10 grand which someone did uh, last week by picking John Fleck for Sheffield United I cannot believe that uh, but there you go that's what you need to do to win so if you want to check it out link in the description below David thank you for joining me and giving us all that news Neil by the way should be back next time right yeah, well, I, yeah, I, d- I don't want to be like Mourinho or um, I'm certainly not going to be like Chris Wilder. I'm not going to hold my cards close to my chest and not tell you when my uh, my players are coming back. But fingers crossed, uh, should be Neil back on on Tuesday. So anyone who really can't stand me but absolutely loves the uh, the Geordie tones of uh, Neil Rigg, you're in luck. Everybody wants to hear from a Jordy. No, really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us all that info. Uh, if you've enjoyed the video, please do give it a like. Hit subscribe as well. Obviously, like I've just said, there's loads more content to come. And we'll catch you again uh, for the next game week, which is on Tuesday. Uh, and then there'll be another one on Saturday. But after that, it gets a little bit back to normal. So we'll see you then. Good luck this week and we'll catch you soon.